My name is Jo Wise and this is Wise Women, a podcast released on the full moon where I ask women to share the wisdom they found in their greatest life challenges. And new for this series, I also asked them to name the men that supported them through their darkest moments. This podcast is released every full moon because in ancient times, our female ancestors would synchronize their cycles with the cycles of the moon to make their connection, their creativity, their cleansing even more powerful. And the full moon is a wonderful time for communication and expression. My hope with these podcasts is that the story you're about to hear brings healing to the woman who's sharing it, knowing it's being heard by her sisters, but that parts of the story may resonate with your experiences and bring healing to you as well. My wise woman guest this time is plant spirit healer and herbalist Pam Montgomery, whose elder, her grandmother, taught her sacred truths about nature that she has now dedicated her professional career to. Coming up, Pam talks about how we can all access the love and wisdom of the elders, even if our grandparents weren't like Pam's or are no longer with us. In the old days, there was, you know, there were elders in the tribe to to bring the young people into the tribe. But those elders are mostly gone. I mean, there's very few of them left. And so here we are, uninitiated adults that don't know how to live in the collective. We, we don't have a clue what it means to live in the tribe or in the collective. So part of the plant's evolution is to become the elders. But first, she takes us back to her childhood and all the things she learned from her grandmother in Kentucky when the world was a very different place. Oh my goodness, she was the best. I mean, I feel like so fortunate to have been one of those ones that had a, you know, a grandmother that was awesome. And my grandparents lived in, I don't know that if all your listeners will know where this is because it's in the States, but it's, it's in the state of Kentucky, which is like considered a Southern state and the Appalachian mountains and the Eastern are in the Eastern part of the state. There are these big, big mountains that run all the way from up North in Maine, all the way down to like, you know, Alabama or Georgia, I guess it is. And um, so they're big mountains. And so that's where they lived. They lived in the Appalachian Mountain region of Kentucky. And they were like what you would call salt of the earth. Neither one of them knew how to drive a car. They grew their all, all their own food. She canned food. She dried food. She did all that. You know, they would go to church once a month when somebody would come over the mountain to pick them up and take them to church. So it was like it was like going back about 100 years in time to, to visit them. I loved going there in the summer times. It was like my favorite place to be. And my grandmother was, she was really tuned in to like food and and to like uh, plants. She had she had plants everywhere, flowers, bushes. But the house was full of house plants. And she would do this thing where you, they in the south you eat your main meal at noontime so she'd be in the kitchen cooking all morning then there'd be this big meal and then and by the by oh you know you know maybe two or three in the afternoon she'd be done in the kitchen and she'd come outside and she'd start working with her plants and she'd be picking and pruning and you know doing all these things but she'd be talking the whole time and one day I went over and I said granny like who are you talking to and she said in in the south uh, the people's accents are very different than 
than mine. Uh, but she would say, well, she'd say, plants are just like people. They need friends, too. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, your plants, your friends with your plants. Okay. She was just this amazing human being that really was tuned into her plants. And I would say it was way more than a green thumb. And then this really cool thing happened years later after she had already passed away. I went there to visit my one of my mom's older sisters was living there. And my mom and I went there and it was spring. And I said, well, let's let's go out and pick some greens, you know, some wild greens to put in our salad. So we go out, we pick some greens and, and we bring them back and put them in the salad. And my my mom's older sister, my aunt, she said, oh, she said, and she called them all by the local names. Oh, well, there's White Top and there's Sour Dock and there's uh, Curly Lace and she all these very common names. And she'd say, oh, I remember when mommy and I went and picked those. And I went, uh, the, 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 the big light bulb went off and I was like, Oh my goodness, I never knew I never knew this part until until my aunt said that. It was like, oh my gosh, my grandmother knew about wild edible plants. She knew about medicinal plants. She had all of her seven children she birthed at home. You know, this woman knew about the plants. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. Oh, I come by this honestly. You know, it's like she was actually a plant person. So it was just so exciting for me to kind of realize that even though I was kind of too young to kind of cognitively get it. I certainly got it through osmosis and uh, all all that she knew. And it was just, I, I, it just touched my heart so much when I actually learned that. So anyway, she was a fabulous person. I love her so much. And she still comes around. She She's still there. You know, she, every now and then she, she comes around. And so I just feel like I have her you know, I, I still have her with me, even though I wish that she was in the flesh. I wish she could have been in the flesh forever, but you know that's not possible. So it's, it's interesting. Anyway. It's interesting, Pam. You talked about how you got this knowledge through osmosis. How do you think your grandmother got her wisdom? Where, where did that come from? Well, you know, I mean, this was this was a long time ago. So I think in those days, especially in this very very rural, I mean. I can remember when they didn't have a bathroom. I can remember when they had an outhouse. I can remember when the phone line went in and it was like two short rings, one long ring. And that was that was to tell you to pick up, you know, because all these people were on what was called a party line. So this was back when, you know, it had just been electrified. It was, it was you know, so this was a very rural area. And I think that probably many people in in living in very rural areas, they had to take care of themselves. They had to, they had to know about health because if there was an emergency or something happened, it wasn't like, you know, you were going to go down a few blocks to the clinic, Mm. you know, you would have to drive up and over the mountain, which of course they didn't have a car. So they weren't going to be doing that. So it was a, it was one of those kind of places where you really had to know how to take care of yourself. You had to know how to feed yourself. You had to know about how to, your, about how to take care of your health care. So I think probably it was handed down to her from her, from her ancestors and and because they lived in this very rural place, they they had to do it. They weren't relying on Big Brother like we do. No, I think you're talking about necessity, aren't you? She, you know, she had to learn how to do yes. it. Can you tell me a little bit more about her transition? Because it was quite gradual, wasn't it? When when she left her body. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was over. 
I was, how old was I? Well, I remember, I remember when my grandfather died, I was uh, a senior in high school at that time. And she, she lived, she started going downhill when, after he died and, and it was long. And, and this, this aunt that I'm telling you about that's remembered um, the plants that uh, she and, and, and my grandmother had picked together. Uh, she, she was a nurse. And so she stayed down on the farm and took care of my grandmother in her elder years. And it was, yeah, it was a long transition. And it was, I remember the last time that I saw her, she was so, she was in a wheelchair and she was just, and it was just, oh, it broke my heart to see her in such decline. And I was just like, oh, this amazing, wonderful woman. And and now she's going to transition to to the other side. And it was just like, that was really, really a, a tough one because I feel like she has been instrumental in and really kind of shaping my life and, and who, who I've become. I think it was, had a lot to do with her and her influence on me. But you really believe, don't you, that she's still around you now? I think you mentioned that uh, a few moments oh, ago. Oh, absolutely. 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 You know, we were in, um, my husband and I were in, we were in, uh, on the coast of California, we were driving up the, the, the coast and it was right around Halloween time. And we stopped at this place called the Lost Cove. And I was kind of like, hmm, what's lost about this place? It seems pretty nice to me. <laughs> so anyway, there was only one road that kind of winded down into this coastal area. And it was it was Halloween. So we ended up at this kind of funky little place. And, and, uh, and this woman came out and she's w- waiting on us. And her accent was so familiar. And I said where are you from? And she said, Oh, well, I'm from Kentucky. I said, Oh, you are. And she said, "Uh, Yeah. And I said, Oh, well, where in Kentucky? And she said, I'm from Paintsville, which is the town. If, if you were to drive to a town, which was up on the other side of the mountain, it was Paintsville, which is where my grandparents lived. And I was like, Oh, you're kidding me. And I said, well, geez, uh, you know, my grandparents actually lived around there. And she said, Oh, what are their names? And I told her and she said, Oh yeah, now we would be long lost cousins because I'm related to so-and-so and then so-and-so. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm getting cold chills talking about it because I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, it's like, here I am on the lost coast of California, you know, at Halloween time, which, you know, the veil between the worlds is very thin and you're real close to your ancestors at that time. And, and here's this woman that I'm like a long lost cousin. Wow. <laughs> so it oh was my just, goodness. And it was like, I was like my grandmother sitting on my shoulder and she said, watch out, you know, watch out because you just, wherever you are, you just might be there. (laughs) Wow. How amazing. It was, it was such a like, oh, you're kidding me. It was such a like, wow. So anyway, I, so she, so she touches in, uh, you know, in areas like that every now and then she'll like tap in and say, Hey, here I am. Don't forget. (laughs) Well, she must be watching over you, Pam, because as you said, she's really shaped your professional life. You're a herbalist and a plant spirit healer, and you offer treatments and training from your home in Vermont. And this is now really where your wisdom is going to come in. You know, we've talked about the the loss of your beloved grandmother. Now we're going to talk about the wisdom, which is uh, her connection to the plants that she passed on to you. So can you sum up for people that perhaps need a bit more information what plant spirit healing is? Because that's what you do, isn't it? You're a plant spirit healer. So what is that? So basically, plant spirit healing is working with the vital. And when I use the word spirit, I'm referring to the vital principle held to give life. So it's that life giving 
quality of the plants that have this amazing effect upon you. And, and it's like, it's like the vibratory resonance of the plant and tuning that vibratory resonance to your own resonance to the point where you can, where you can ride that same wavelength, you know, you can be on that same frequency and you can have this total communication between you and the plant. And the plants really are, they're like our, our elders, our kin, because we really evolved from plants. I know a lot of people would like to say that we evolved from, you know, chimpanzees or monkeys or, or something like that. But the truth is, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for plants. And that we're much more symbiotically related to plants than we are to other animals. So basically, these plants really want us to succeed because we're, we're so related and we're in such a kinship. So what they do, when you work with them at this level, they help you to become, step into your true essential nature. It's like who you really are yeah. without all the facades and without all the like what everybody told you you were or supposed to be. So that's what it boils down to is that part of their work is to help us come into the truth of our being, walk on our path. I, I love it, Pam, when you say that plants are elders, because that means that we've all got access to these elders. And my goodness, don't we need that wisdom in the world at the moment. I'm going to come back to that in a second in, in a bit more detail. But I wanted to talk to you about how these plants actually communicate with us and how we can communicate with them. You've written a book called Plant Spirit Healing, which I've been devouring over the past week or so. And there's a whole chapter in there about building and maintaining relationships with plants. And we do that through our senses, don't we? I wonder if you can give us a quick run through of how we can really build and maintain these relationships. And obviously there's going to be more information in the book, but could you summarize a little bit for us now? Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can do this, but I mean, we, we, we can start with what we've got. And that is, we've got these amazing five senses that this is kind of how we interact with the world is through our, our senses. And, and we can do that with plants as well. So we can work with plants. Uh, there's so much that they can tell us and share with us about themselves just by going through your senses. So meaning smelling them, you know, observing them. So, so looking at them, observing them, touching them, you know, listening to them. That's, you know, that's another whole arena, but listening to them, uh, tasting them, you know, and uh, people will say, oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? What if that's a poisonous plant? Believe me, by the time you get to the sense of tasting, you will already have been given the, the information that, no, 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 this is not to be put in your mouth. Uh, so, um, one point, one woman said to me, she said, well, I put it in my mouth and started to chew and it tasted like knives on my tongue. I was like, okay, then spit <laughs> it out. You know? It's pretty obvious what to do next. So, so sensory awareness. And then there's this whole thing called felt sensation and felt sensation is a fabulous way to, uh, to tap into plants. And, and if you can get this one down, it really is helpful and really works, which basically Plants have a vibratory resonance, and so do we. And when you're tuning into a plant, and here's the other thing is that plants, this is in the science, by the way, plants have a greater capacity to fine-tune their resonance to us than we do to them. Mm -hmm. So basically, if we just get our little egos out of the way, then the plants can tune right into us, and then we get really present you know, through our heart. What happens is that we feel it. We, we, it's a sensation. And I don't, I don't mean emotion. I mean a sensation. So it might be like 
I'm sitting with a plant and I get, uh, you know, tingling in my hands. Or one of my sensations, felt senses, is everything gets really fat, meaning my hands, they, they expand. They get really, they get expanded. Or, or maybe there's this softness, you know, maybe I feel softness. But then I, I hone right in on it and I say, okay, soft as velvet, soft as silk soft and creamy like butter. So what you do is you take this sensation you're having in your body and it's called putting a handle on it and you put a handle on it. So you put a few words to it that exactly describes the sensation. And and then what happens in in your work with a plant is the next time you're with that plant, you can call you can call it up. It's like, you know, you can go right into soft as butter and you can be right there in that same vibratory resonance. So it's so instead of it be, being haphazard of like, oh, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll tune into that plant again in the same way, It's it, it puts it into this place of like, you make the call, you call it up, and then you can be you can be right there in that same vibratory resonance with the plant. Then from there, it goes into like, what's the emotion that bubbles up from the sensation? You know, what, you know, what is the, then, then, the, then the information starts to flow. So the felt sensation is an an incredibly powerful way to tune into a plant and communicate with it. So then of course there's light and sound, you know, light and sound are foundational ways of communicating through the entire bi biological world. And again, this is, this is all in the science, biophotons, the nucleus of the cells of all biological worlds. So plants have biophotons, we have biophotons. And when those biophotons become coherent, then we're there. We are we are in communication, and so uh, so yeah. So there's lots of ways. Did you want to know more, or is that good enough? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing. I love that you reference the science. I really do. But there's one arena for me that really trumps science, and that's my own experience, Pam. And um, this world is starting to open up for me and I'm starting to find that I can communicate with some plants so much so that I spoke to one of your students on my last podcast Emma Farrell and I was telling Emma that um, you know there was a situation where I approached poison hemlock and I heard in my head you know do not pick me don't pick me <laughs> and then I came home and sent a picture of this plant to my friend who's quite uh, he's got a lot of wisdom in this area. And she said, oh, my goodness, Joe, that was poison hemlock. You know, that was a close call. So I know that this world is starting to open up to me. And I want to talk more about how a lot of people are experiencing this, especially during, I call it lockup, especially during lockup, people are being called towards the natural world. But before we go into that, have you got any explanation as to how we lost this connection in the first place? Why, why are we all so disconnected? Oh my goodness. There's, <laughs> I, I could talk to you for hours about that, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, well, I think there was a point in time where, where it's probably the industrial revolution somewhere around those, those times where there was this massive migration to the cities and, and people left the land and, and and once that happened, once once people moved away from the land, there was not that <clears throat> intimate daily daily intimate connection, and they forgot. We we just basically fell into amnesia, and this amnesia is pretty pretty heavy right now. That we have really forgotten how to. We've forgotten that we are a part of nature. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not separate from nature. We're a part of nature. This is our birthright to be with nature. And, and, and when we separated from nature and we forgot that we were a part of nature, I think that's when a lot of the, um, 
a lot of illness for one. And uh, I mean, we can go on and on about where we're at right now around all that. But basically, it's, you know, started destroying the earth more started, you know, really looking at, at the earth as a commodity. And instead of as you know, the source of our sustenance, it's like, Oh my goodness, how could we have lost touch from the fact that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this incredible planet and the plants and the trees mainly, because the plants and the trees give us all of our oxygen, all of our food, and all of our tissue. We don't make tissue from sunlight. Plants do. And so, you know, how could we have forgotten that? And how could we forget that there are our kin? How could we forget that they're giving us our very life? How could we ever you know, destroy so much of this planet and, and the plants and the trees and the, like, how could we, how could we do that? And so I just think that we've, we've fallen into this massive amnesia and what's happening right now is that it's, you know, becoming more and more apparent that the, we're in this situation that we're in right now because we, we forgot and we forgot that we're a part of nature and we mm. forgot that we absolutely need a planet that is sustainable and, and, and that is alive and well, if we're going to be alive and well. How do you feel, Pam, about people now getting quite excited about nature again and really being drawn back into, you know, the forests and the woods and to the plants that are on their doorstep? Because that is really, certainly in the UK, it's really happening and that must be exciting for you isn't it oh so so exciting I, I i can't even tell you it's it's wonderful i i just i just launched an online course a, a month ago and um i thought you know oh okay well there'll be a few people that'll be interested you know? <laughs> and there was like 150 from across the globe wow. and i was like oh great wow all these people are like and they really like it and they're really excited about it and they're really they're really into it a lot of these folks are newbies. These, these aren't people who are real plant people. Some of them are, but a lot of people are like really new to this. And so it's very exciting to see people waking up because that's what it's about. It's time to wake up. We need to wake up to, you know, our relationship to, to the natural world and to the plants and the trees and that, and that, you know, we're meant to be in touch with them. I mean, we've evolved with, with the plants and the trees for, for millennia and Right now, they're hunting for a gene. There, there's this um, idea in the scientific world that that there's that we are actually have a gene where th- there's a need to be in close proximity to nature. That we that we ha- we must have that in order to stay healthy. Makes sense to me. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Now, Pam, this podcast is called The Love of the Elders because in our pre-podcast chat a few weeks back, you told me that you believe we can access the love and wisdom of our elders. And you've talked about it already earlier on in this podcast too. The love and wisdom of our elders. We can access that that's missing in our lives at the moment because you feel it's stored in the natural world. Are you saying that that wisdom of the elders is stored in all plants and all trees or are there specific plants and trees that we can really find this wisdom in? Well, you know, I think all plants and trees are, you know, they're all here for a reason, every single one of them. And I know there's this whole idea about what is called, quote unquote, master plants. Um, You know, I, I have my personal feeling about it is that, you know, all the plants, common plants, all of them are, they have gifts to share with us. So I feel like, yes, there are some plants that would be considered psychotropic or, um, 
you know, if you want to use that word, um, where they might alter the brain chemistry or something like that. And yes, you know, you can learn a lot from them, but you can learn a lot from any plant is how I feel. So one of the things that I've been doing is what's called plant initiations. And what we do is we take, take one plant work with it for three days and we fast and we, you know, we, we make an elixir, something that you can ingest. So this would also be called plant dieting. And we ingest this elixir and we do all kinds of things with the plant. We, we do all kinds of activities with the plant. We do all kinds of work with the plant and, um, it's quite powerful. And, and so the reason it's called initiation is because we are, we are a whole culture full of uninitiated adults. In, in, the, in the old days, there, was, you know, there were elders in the tribe to, to bring the young people into the tribe, and they would initiate the young people into the tribe, which means like into the collective. But those elders are mostly gone. I mean, there's very few of them left. And so here we are, uninitiated adults that don't know how to live in the collective. We, we don't have a clue what it means to live in the tribe or in the collective. So part of the plant's evolution is to become the elders. And that's what they're doing right now. They're stepping up. They're stepping up the, you know, stepping up to the plate and becoming the elders. And they're, they're instructing us and teaching us and initiating us into what it means to be truly human living in the collective, which to me means that we still have all of our unique individual um, gifts and they're, you know, we're not little, you know, we're not little carbon copies of each other. Thank goodness. And so we're, we're different. We're divert. There's diversity. And of course, if you look in nature, you don't see anything that's an exact replica of anything. It's all diversity. And that's how we thrive is in diversity. And so these plants are, are teaching us, are informing us, are initiating us into what it means to be truly human amongst the collective, meaning that we can have our unique individual diversity and gifts that we bring forward and still be in harmony and peace together within the collective. That's that's what I think the plants are, and they're and they're really stepping it up right now. And I think that's why there's so many people getting interested, because the plants are like, "Hey, come on, come on, everybody! You know, the gig's going to be up here any minute now if you don't if you don't step up here and wake up and let us teach you and let us inform you and let us initiate you." So I think it's a whole evolutionary movement. The plants are evolving, we are evolving, and we're doing it together. Pam, I get so excited when you um, talk about things like this. And when you first mentioned that to me, uh, I thought, oh, my goodness, you were really onto something with that. You know, the plants are initiating us as our elders would have done uh, all those years ago. And I recently, I suppose a couple of months back, I recently was initiated with mugwort. So um, I spent a lot of time uh, ingesting her, drinking her. Um, there was a smoking ceremony as well, and it was a very, very profound experience. And, uh, and after that, I spoke to you, and you told me about the elders initiating us. And I spent a bit of time then thinking about my, my own grandparents and how I used to communicate with them. And they had a whole different language almost, where I really had to listen and, and slow myself down. And I think if you're going to be initiated by plants, that's part of um, what we need to do, isn't it? Just uh, take our foot off the gas and experience the pace of nature 
Right. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the plants and the trees, they, they, they have been here. I mean, it all started about three billion years ago, billion, not million, uh, years ago. Uh, so they have been around for a very long time. And so they've got the long view. You know, they've, they've got this view that's and, and compared to us who, you know, first humanoid about 15 million years ago, but homo sapiens sapien, which is what we are, is like 200,000 years ago. It's, it's not, it, we are like a, we are like a blink on the screen compared to how long plants and trees have been here. So, so I really feel like they move at a pace that they're not rushing to, they're not rushing to go anywhere or do anything. And man, we have been rushing here and there for so long. And, and it's like, and what's happened right now with this virus is like we have had to slow down. We've had to stop and slow it way down. And so we're, we're I'm not going to say we're there yet, but we're starting to, you know, approach a, a different pace. And so that that could be another reason that there's a lot of people right now during this lockup, as you call it, that are the plants are saying, hey, can you hear me? I'm over here. Come on over. And people are going, oh, wow, that might be a fun thing to do since I can't go do anything else. Let's go talk to that plant. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. So if we accept that there is the wisdom and love of the elders stored in these plants and trees that are all around us, I wanted to ask you what seeds represent, because I saw a video online of you holding a sacred seed ritual. So what can seeds teach us? Well... Seeds are seeds are the potential, you know, the, the seed, the, the, all the potentials held in the seed. Like there's all this probable reality out there. And, and so we can tap into all these probabilities and um, and potentials through the seed. And in one of my, one of my teachers says that what we're doing right now actually is planting seeds for a time beyond our own. So we might not see the results of all that we're planting right now, uh, but we need, but we trust. We we come into this place of trust that these seeds that we plant right now will have effect on future generations. And you know, in the Native American tradition, it's the seventh generation. So you're always thinking about thinking about the seventh generation in front of you. And um, so anyway, seeds to me are some of the most, the most powerful um, part of the plant. I mean, all parts of the plant are powerful, but in some traditions and in some prophecies, they talk about the reseeding of the earth and that the earth right now, in order to step into the next you know, the, I think it's, they're calling it the fifth dimension, um, that, you know, the, the earth itself has to be reseeded. And that's what's happening right now is that there's a reseeding. So the reseeding is not only, and here's the other thing that's very cool is there's plants right now that have never been on the planet before and they're emerging. And that's another really exciting thing. And, and what are the seeds that we're planting? What do we want to plant? You know, we're not going to plant hate and greed and, 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 and disharmony. We're not going to plant that hopefully. Uh, you know, so we, we're, we're planting these seeds that are for another way of being on this planet. Mm. And I really do. I'm not a doomsday person at all. And I really believe we have the capability. And I think that we're, what we're in right now is, you know, is really, uh, the very, we're the very beginning of this reseeding. So, wow. I, I almost don't want to ask this next question because I can really feel kind of a high energy in our conversation and how 
uplifting you are to listen to. So there's a part of me that doesn't want to ask this question, but I'm going to. (laughs) And that is for your views on the abuse of plants. You know, the fact that um, there have been seeds that have been patented and that we industrialize plants and that we have taken out their chemical compounds, left their spirits behind and used them in medicines. And now we're getting all these side effects. What, What view do you have on how we're treating plants in this Western culture at the moment? Well, for sure, there's, um, there's some problems with all of that. I had this, um, this was years ago, I had this student and she was a, um, she worked in a floral shop where they made arrangements, you know, floral arrangements and, you know, gave them to people and all that. And most of those plants were highly hybridized. They, you know, they were really uh, manipulated. The plants were manipulated so that they'd be really pretty. You know, they'd have these big showy blossoms and really colorful and all of that. And so that's the kind of plant that she worked with all the time. And she was really distraught about it. She really, cause she was really wanting to like work with herbs and work with, she was in my plant spirit apprenticeship. And so she was very distraught about it. And I said, well, you know, why don't you investigate this? Why don't you go deeper with this? And so this was this was brilliant what she came up with. She said, these plants, it's not their fault, number one. You know, it's not their fault. They have been manipulated by humans. And she said, you know what I started doing with these plants that I was working with? She said, I started doing soul retrievals with them. And I went, what? <laughs> and she said... Because we do soul retrievals with people. She said, I started doing soul retrievals with the plants and retrieving their true nature to them. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's brilliant. (laughs) And so so I feel like that I, you know, I mean, you could say that about tobacco. You could say that's been horribly abused through, you know, commercialization, smoking and all that. And I'm going to talk about tobacco just because this huge conversation just came up amongst students in this online course because I I was saying, okay, cornmeal and tobacco on your altar. And they were like, oh, tobacco. Ooh, you know, uh, I don't want to use tobacco. And I was like, "Um, why not? So these plants. Plant, their fault. It's that they have been abused or misused or uh, used recreationally instead of you know medicinally. And so what we need to do is repair our relationship with them and mm-hmm. and help remind them who they truly are. Same way they remind us. Same way they're like, well, okay, let me remind you who you are. We can do that for them as well, especially these ones we're talking about the the GMO'd plants, the you know the ones that have been really abused. And you know, there's a few commodity plants that were corn is a big one, and you know, wheat. And so, um, you know, so anyway, I think that this is one of the ways that we can step into our place within nature, which is we can help remind some of these abused plants who they really are. Amazing answer. I love that. Okay, so I'm going to ask about your um, website in a second for people that want to find out more. But um, one last question on this subject before I move on to my uh, quick fire questions at the end. Uh, What can people do listening to this right now? Let's say they've had no real experience of um, plant consciousness or plant spirit healing. What could somebody do, say this weekend, just to start to begin to connect to the plants and start to communicate with them? Well, you know, we always like to make everything kind of hard work and it's not. 
this that that's the beauty of working with plants and trees is that because we're so related to them it's actually pretty simple what we need to do is bring it into a, a level of consciousness so for somebody who who's never worked with plants at all start really simple start with start with what you already have what you're already hardwired you already have and you you already are in relationship and once you bring it into conscious consciousness, then it begins to build into a relationship. So start with your breath. It is so simple. And so you start with you being consciously aware that your breath is a green breath, that you are breathing in oxygen that a plant or tree is breathing out. And you are breathing out carbon dioxide that a plant or tree is breathing in. So it's a simple cycle of breath. It's that every second of every minute of every hour of every day, we are breathing in oxygen from another being, from an intelligent being, a plant or a tree. And if you take like one plant in particular that's in your yard, whatever it might be, nettle or dandelion or whatever, and you, you focus in on that plant and you, and you just, you know, you imagine that that breath is coming straight from that plant into you and you're breathing, you're breathing in the out breath of the plant and the plant is breathing in your out breath. You, the two of you together are breathing with each other and it's so simple and it's, we do it every day. And when you bring it into conscious level awareness, it is incredibly profound. Wow. That's where I would start. Fantastic. All right. Well, if you want to find out more about Pam's work, please, please read her book. It's, it's brilliant. It's Plant Spirit Healing by Pam Montgomery. And if um, people are interested in your online courses as well, Pam, uh, what's your website address? My web address is wakeuptonature.com. Fantastic. All right, then, just before you go, I'm going to run through three kind of quick fire questions with you that I do with all my guests. Is it all right to do that with you now? Oh, sure. Okay, so the first question is about your male mentor. Is there a man in your life, ideally not a relative, so like not really your dad or your husband or anything like that, but is there a man in your life who has really mentored you and guided you? Absolutely. His name is Martin Prechtel. And Martin is. Oh, it's so hard to describe who he is. He's an amazing human being. Uh, I've studied with him for many years, and he's part Native American. And Martin has written uh, um, uh, several amazing books. His first one was uh, Secrets of the Talking Jaguar. And basically what, what with Martin's story is like in the early, you know, 70s, late 60s, early 70s, he, you know, kind of hit the road like a lot of, lot of us did ended up in this little village and you know basically the medicine person of the village said like 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 hey what took you so long like he recognized him and so he took him under his wing taught him everything he knew he learned uh, it's the Zujil Mayans is who lived here in the highlands of Guatemala and he learned the language he became one of the um uh, one of the ceremonialists of the community. So he was one of the persons that um, that did initiations with young people. And so he carries that memory of, of those initiations and actually has done some work. He's, there's quite a community, large community of people uh, here in Vermont who work with Martin. He's just this amazing, incredible human being. I love Martin and he I have been very much influenced by Martin. And he's the one He's the one who said we're planting seeds for a time beyond our own. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Amazing. Well, the reason I asked that question, Pam, is obviously the podcast is called Wise Women and we've talked to you, you're a woman, we've talked about your grandmother and I think it's really important to bring in male energy and again, you would appreciate that in the plant world, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't you? Because um, yes. plants, you know, have to have that male-female dynamic. They sure do. <laughs> all, all right, so the next question is, um, for your words of wisdom, now this could be a quote or it could just be some some words that somebody has said to you that you've just never forgotten. Well, my favorite quote is this. If we could see the miracle of a single flower clearly, our whole life would change. And a very incredibly illustrious being on our planet that has been on our planet said that. That was from Buddha. That's Buddha, is it? Okay, I knew I recognized it. And what, why does that quote mean so much to you? <laughs> well, because it's, you know, I mean, for me, it's like, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just feel like basically what Buddha is saying is that these plants, these flowers are full of enlightenment. They really, really are. I mean, your whole life would change if you could see the miracle of a single flower clearly. And so to me, it's like, it's such a simple statement, but it holds the, the essence of what plants are all about. I really hope that inspires yeah. people that are heading out this weekend and are going to do that breathing exercise as well. Keep that quote in mind uh, when you're doing the breathing. Yes. That would be amazing. Okay, and the final question, Pam, is for your favorite song, your most meaningful piece of music that you like to listen to. I know that's a big, a big ask, but what have you come up with? <laughs> that's a big, that's a big <laughs> ask. It really is. But I, I think I'd have to go to John Lennon and imagine. I mean, that song is so, when I'm doing my, um, I do this thing called green breath, which is actually, um, it's a transformational breath work process where, where you're, but you're, but you're breathing specifically with a plant. And so for the whole, it's like 72 minutes long and I've put together all these pieces of music and, and music, um, evokes different, different moods and, and, you know, you get little prompts as you go through the music, but it takes you to these incredible places breathing with a plant for, for this amount of time. But it's, it's like a transformational breath work. But the, the last song that, that plays at the end of the green breath is imagine. And it's, and it's, you know, it's going to make me cry just thinking about it. I mean, it's, it's that song that helps us like, you know, like, you know, we're all dreamers and we're all dreamers here together. And, and we can dream into existence, uh, the, you know, uh, a world that we know is possible. And that song really epitomizes it for me of like, yeah, we can do this. We actually can, we can dream it into existence. Anyway, that that would be it. I mean, I got lots of other songs I like, but that's that's the one. If I had to pick, one. yeah, it's hard to make you pick just one. But you did a great job. Thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for teaching us as well that the love and the wisdom of the elders is out there. We just have to connect to it. I so appreciate your time, and um, thank you for everything that you've explained today, Pam. I really appreciate it. Well, you're very very welcome. I'm 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 happy to spread the word of the plants more and more and more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe Wise, and you've been listening to Wise Women, the podcast. You can follow Wise Women on Instagram, Facebook, and the website www.wisewomen.org.uk. Remember, wise is spelt with a Y. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
I look forward to you joining me next time for another Wise Women episode. <laughs>